Uh, this is from a, an article that was published in the Baltimore Sun in uh, 1995 uh, to reflect upon the sacrifice of Norman Morrison. Thirty years ago, a Baltimore Quaker set himself on fire to protest the war in Vietnam. Did it make a difference? Dearest Anne, for weeks, even months, I have been praying only that I be shown what I must do. This morning, with no warning, I was shown as clearly as I was shown that Friday night in August of 1955 that you would be my wife. And like Abraham, I dare not go without my child. Know that I love ye, but I must act. Norman. And this is uh, Alice Steinbach, Sun staff writer. On the last afternoon, on the last afternoon of his life, Norman R. Morrison stopped somewhere between Baltimore and Washington to mail a letter to his wife. The evening rush hour was in full swing that chilly Tuesday of November 2nd, 1965, when Norman, driving an old borrowed Cadillac with his infant daughter behind him in a car crib and a gallon jug of kerosene beside him in a wicker picnic basket, paused briefly to post the handwritten one-page letter. It was the next-to-last stop on Norman's short trip from living to dying. The final stop for the 31-year-old father of three was a small plot of ground just outside the Pentagon, some 40 feet below the third-floor window of Robert S. McNamara, then Secretary of Defense. What happened there in the gathering dusk as thousands of Pentagon employees poured out of the building heading for home was and still is inexplicable, a public act that in many ways remains a mystery even to those who knew and loved Norman. But the bare-bones facts of what the young Quaker activists did can be telegraphed by stringing together a few of the front page headlines that appeared in the next day's newspapers around the world. Baltimore man burned self to death in Viet protest. Morrison gave wife no hint of protest death plans. Human torch at Pentagon, baby in arms. Pacifist releases girl as flames engulf him in front of the building. Those more or less appear to be the facts, but the facts have no dominion here. They were powerless in the face of such an impenetrable act, stunned into silence by urgent questions that had no answers. Comrades and friends, hello. This is the Highlands Bunker Podcast. Uh, we are in the shadow of Rockford Tower. We're behind enemy lines. We are in the belly of the Delaware Way Beast. Our show today is going to be an interesting one because we're, it's, an, it's an update. I'm interested in uh, what uh, my friend Hassani Perkins has been up to. Um, I'm interested in what um, Carl is working on. So we're getting a little uh, activist update today. Um, but before we start, I did want to make one sort of announcement. Um, I, I took a little bit of heat from, from some friends uh, about uh, my handling last week of uh, County Executive Matt Meyer. Um, and I think it was fair criticism. Um, there's a lot of stuff that... You're going soft? That, well, that I could have gone harder. I mean, I'm not soft, let's be honest. That's, that's jumping to conclusions. But... But I think that, yeah, I mean, I, 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 could have, I could have stated the case more plainly. But here's my explanation. Number one, I think it, I made it very clear, and I think a lot of people sort of maybe were, were sort of ignoring where I did push back quite a bit on privatization, on the Uber model, on campaign tropes and stupid phrases, um, on a lot of different things. So, you know, I, I think regular listeners will be able to, to pick up on that. Um, also, and I'm, I'm open to criticism on this, like I, I, on one hand, I want it to be a productive conversation. I want people to know that they can come in here and have something productive rather than me rant and rave. But I know people sort of like are, get a catharsis out of me ranting and raving. I get all of that. Um, I don't want to be somebody who 
you know, does something to play to a bigger audience here or there to be like, well, this group of people like it and they pay and this group of people don't like it or whatever. I'm not trying to do that. I come in here and do what I think should be done. And um, but I but I am open to criticism. Um, you know, I don't know. Um, the, I, strangely enough, uh, of all the criticism I've gotten on both sides, um, some people really enjoyed it um, and thought I thought it was great and actually told the critics like to buzz off. But I don't know. The one person who hasn't said anything is the person who um, who produced it. What what's your what's your take? You sat in here when we did it. Um. Well, yeah. I mean. Our positions, I think, in terms of who is like the good cop, who's the bad cop, are relatively well established. Um, you know, you're the the ranting raving, and I'm the you know sensible moderate who will jump in with maybe a fact check here or there. Um, but yeah, I think as that being my position, I feel like I've been, um, you know, I feel like I've been screwed over a little bit. I feel like we are now reversing positions, and now I'm going to have to. Become the bad cop going forward, and you know it is what it is. I I think I can do it. I it's very you've been working towards this. I think, yeah, I yeah. Feel like you have, but I'll just say you know if you do want like half an hour of someone yelling at Matt Meyer, we can uh, we can attach the uh, video that the Delaware Building Trades put out where they recorded their entire interview, like endorsement interview with Matt Meyer, and then just released the whole thing on Facebook. Yeah, and 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 here's the thing. I heard that, you know, it came out around the time or maybe the day before. Yeah, it was right. I, I had not seen it yet when we interviewed Matt, but it was like came out around the same time. It's funny because I had seen it. I didn't listen to it. We did the interview and then I listened to it. And I felt even better about the way I did it because I just don't think them do. I, I, I don't. Number one, I don't think the building trades historically in this state are like bastions of, of progressive thought and leftist thought. So I don't really like. Oh, oh, they don't like him. Oh, who gives a shit? I don't really care about that. Um, the other thing is, again, and I've said this before. There's a fine line here of people coming in here because I do not want it to look like an ambush. I'm not trying to ambush anybody. I'm not trying to play f- like silly games and be like, oh, guess what? We were recording this the whole time. We've never, ever, ever left the microphones on and and put something out that people didn't know was recorded. We never did that. Now, would I do that in another context? Yeah, I probably would. But I wouldn't do it in here, though. Do you know what I mean? Because this is supposed to be like a, a semi-structured... Because we even considered it. It's just like, we we're like, <laughs> yeah, no, we're not going to do that. <clears throat> yeah, we have. It's, it, the thoughts crossed our minds because this little room is mic'd up at the asshole. Uh, so we could, we could fucking do it. But we don't. Maintain it's not, that's not... <laughs> Yeah, so watch it over there. <laughs> <laughs> but, but we don't. And, and so... Um, I guess what I'm saying is, like, I take the criticism. I, you know, when when he's talking about, like, uh, you know, Uber bikes and, you know, being a, a State Department official in Mosul, Iraq, and things like that, like, yeah, I mean, I don't, I, it's cringy, I guess, but I, I don't know whether I should, like, yell at him for going to Iraq and working for the State Department in northern Iraq with the Kurds. Like, I don't know, like, what am I going to be like, you, you suck now? Like... We just have to accept that's what it is and move on. Like, if you think he sucks, don't vote for him. That's fine. I mean, there's there's plenty of people that I say that about, almost everyone else. And again, I said I was resigned to the fact that I would think I would might vote for him. But then again, I'm not a registered Democrat. Probably won't want to vote in the primary. So what does it matter anyway? Um, you know, I, I do respect Matt coming in here. All, his, that's his third appearance on the podcast, his second face-to-face in the, in the, in the studio. And... You know, there's 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 some there, there's some movement away from the establishment. I guess that was the whole point I was trying to make with the hour long conversation, is that like, yeah, you can sit and pick out all his flaws or say he did this or didn't do that or he took credit for this or he didn't take credit for that or, or whatever. Um, he, I, I think it's clear that he is. A, a small break from the establishment. Now you can say, "Oh, Rob Buccini uh, likes him, and and Happy Harry, and all these guys," but I, I get that. I get that. We're not going to have, you know, there's not going to be, you know, you know, a a, 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 a communist run for governor. Now that's not that doesn't exist. So we're we're trying to work within the within the realm of 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 the possible right now. But you know, if you don't like Matt, fucking don't vote for him. I don't care. 
I don't give a shit. Well, I like <laughs> I'll tell Matt. people what to do. <laughs> What's well, up? I like him? Matt. Yeah, I like him too. I, I think, like, again, he says a lot of goofy stuff. He's a cornball. You know, he's our own little Pete Buttigieg. You know, he's I our get... own big, big Pete Buttigieg. Correct. He's very tall. He is very tall. That's true. I, I, I meant sort of like the national to the Delaware, but you're right. In, in, in reality, um, he's, he towers over Pete Buttigieg. Yeah. Yeah, and also we should we should announce that um, we were talking about his wife being expectant, um, and which we thought was going to happen during the episode, but it did not. Uh, but it did happen uh, two days later. Yes, the, actually, the day that the episode dropped, yeah. which is like as the episode dropped, the 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 kid dropped. Basically, I think it was almost simultaneous. Yeah, you know, there's a lot to be. I think so taken going, from that. So he's going to grow up and have a podcast? So I, Look, I don't know. I'm just, I believe I, the name I, was Highlands Bunker Meyer. So. H.B. <laughs> <laughs> Meyer. <laughs> Hassani, man, how's it going? Uh, everything is okay. Yeah? Yeah, everything is okay. You look good. You look, you know, you look, you know, you said you woke up early to get some stuff done and pray and all that, but you, you know, you, you don't look too tired. You look, you look good. <laughs> Thank you, man. Yeah. Uh, Carl, you look good too, Carl. Carl, <laughs> Carl. I mean, Carl's pretty consistent. Yes, yes. He, he's pretty. He's pretty. Even yeah. when he comes in, he'll have a mask on and be like, oh, "I've been a little sick." He still looks basically the same. Yeah, I, I just, I just battled a, a real rough illness too, but um, I feel good. I, I feel good. I feel motivated. I feel um, that um, we had some ammunition for the fights. That lies to head. Um, and that's and I think, you know, we're gonna have some good days coming. So Yeah, I mean the the sort of announcement, I guess it's an official announcement. If it isn't, you can cut it out, but uh <clears throat> you will be working, uh sort of officially organizing uh under the auspices of the Delaware Working Families Party. Yes. Which uh Oh yeah, it's been official actually for like a couple months, but we didn't like Yeah. Actually, it was your idea, Hassani, just to like do like a general introduction to like, hey, like, yeah, like specifically uh, to you. But then I was like, oh, we never really introduced like Cheyenne officially as well, or like me for that matter. So yeah, yeah we did a little. We just sort of roll with it. Yeah, yeah. Um, it it it's um it's exciting. It's um it's a new type of experience, and it's an experience, and where you can see some of your work actually come to fruition. Like you can see the pieces that you added. You know to uh, to come out, and also you get an opportunity to um to meet people who really, really do fight, like for for the communities that are often um, I don't want to say forgotten, but seems to be less of a priority. Deprioritized. Yeah, for deprioritized. Sure. Yeah, they come <laughs> up. People like to tell a story or two and um, talk about. And this is where I'm I'm always sort of like I'm always the Debbie Downer on this, but everybody talks about all these bills and all these changes and they have, you know, town halls and they have panel discussions and they have people go do their public statement and really all of that just at the end of the day doesn't doesn't Im- impact the people at the beginning. Right. You know, the people that stood up and said, Hey, we have a problem in our community, we're gonna organize around it. Um, when it gets to the other end, it's just you know, arguing bullet points on a piece of paper and then checking them off as we go because people don't like them. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, being able to be like, hey, we passed uh, XYZ. And the people in the community are just like shrugging, like, so what? You know, <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's, it, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a difficult process, to, but I'm glad, like you said, I'm glad that you're seeing like, oh, I can actually do a small part of it if it's mm. organized properly and it sort of slide that into the bigger part and be like, yes. Oh, I helped, I helped build that thing. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and one of the things about it is that what you just said is, um, it lights a fire for me because you have people that come from our communities, like our neighbors, people that we may have called uncle growing up or auntie growing up. And, um, so they get in a position and they, they get the people who they are charged with representing the constituents and they tell us they tell us they be attentive to our issues but when we when they get there our issues are never heard you know i seem like i said that before i did at the grievous board in prison all the same 
But um, you know what I mean? It's all the same. Like it seems like it just gets repeated, repeated, repeated. And um, so now I I, I I see it up close. And um, so I ain't got no more love for you. Ain't my aunt. You ain't my uncle. So you know what I mean? I disown you. But um, it, it, it's it's sad because these are real issues that impact us every single day. But that's what makes uh, WFP so special, Working Families Party so special. Because when we talk about issue campaigning, we talk about things, um, for instance, one of the things is what, called, uh, the f uh, free lunch, right? Yep, free school lunch. Yeah, free school lunch. And to to somebody, I, I know it's somebody out there that say, man, that's what we're going to fight for? Yes, why? Why wouldn't we? I, it, 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 and, and, but this is significant. First and foremost, you know, Black Panthers fought for um, free breakfast. And so, like, this may be a continuation. But um, it, it, it's significant for, like, if you was to give up 75 cents every day, well, you know, five days out of a week to your child, and you, you most likely got three or four, and you're sending them to school, because that's the reduced lunch. Do, we, do they still have that? Yes. Yeah. So, so like, and I don't know if it's seventy five cent, but I'm just saying, uh, with inflation, it's probably like two fifty. Yeah, it's been a little while since I've been in school. <laughs> yeah, now, yeah, but not too long. And yeah, they they still had it. Yeah. Yeah, it was like a quarter when I was. <laughs> well, I'm not even gonna say that what the fools pay. The, the the we called it the A line and the B line. If you just got the A line lunch, which was like whatever that you know with the tater tots and the thing and the thing, it was a dollar ten. And and, and full that's... price when I went. I'm old man. I love that, it. That right there is an issue, issue though too, because the way kids are nowadays, like. Everything has to be top of the line. So, like, if you, if, you know, like, I guess getting reduced lunch is like when we used to go to the store with the color uh, uh, food stamps. And you didn't want to bring them out, you know, because you didn't want nobody to see. I ain't care, though. But you, you didn't want to bring them out because you don't want nobody to see. So it's kind of like the reduced lunch. And so you, you're, you're looking at that kind right there, uh, whatever they got serving over there. and But you can't get that on because of what you, 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 yeah. you feel me so? Yes, a friend of mine uh, <clears throat> several years ago uh, had a daughter going to the school on Falk Road, whose name I can't think of. It's like an elementary school there. I don't know why I can't think of it. But Springer? No, it's a little It's a little further south. It's like right off of uh, Murphy and Falk, just up on the right, but I'll think of it. Anyway, um, he said, you know, he was having a problem because his daughter and some of the kids there, it was like there was a stigma to getting the free lunch or the free breakfast. Somehow it was like, I don't know if people could tell by what you got or how, or like you said, it colored. So whatever it was, there was some sort of stigma. And I said, well, yeah, that does suck. But like, you know, it's this is a time where you could talk to you know, he's like, I can talk to my daughter and explain it to her and she will understand it. But, you know, I can't talk to everybody. And 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 so there's gonna there's there's no way to sort of remove that uh, stigma from it. Right. Right. Where and this is why I think uh, it should be universal. Everybody gets it. Everybody gets right. the whatever, and that's it. Yeah. And even with a reduced lunch, like there, you know, it does exist for some people who are theoretically more cost burden. But you still had this case like in Apoquinimic earlier in 2023, where. Some people still had school lunch debt. Like, it's still a very common thing. And what the schools do is if you have school lunch debt, you can't graduate, you can't go to prom, you can't do all all these things. Uh, it's not every school, but I remember that was, like, when I was still going to cab even, and that's, you know, we, we, we can have an argument whether that's a public school or not. But, like, that was a, a case where, yeah, no, they, they said, like, no, if you have this. And luckily, I think in our case, I didn't. I did not know of any specific people that happened, but there was a whole hullabaloo uh, just last year with um, a few students who were not able to do all the stuff because they, they still had debt. Yo, no, that, I did not know that. That is crazy. Yeah. Like, if, let's just think about that. that. I owe for some lunches. I can't walk across the stage. And I'm, I'm pretty sure they, they can graduate. They can't participate in that. Yeah, I don't know the specifics. I'd have to go yeah. back and look. I, at I, them, I think yeah. that's right. I think because I, you ha if, if you yeah. finish the curriculum, yeah. you, you get a diploma. Yeah. But you can't go to graduation. It's like not – that's why they do the prom, too. Yeah. It's just like the it's little another way just to hurt people's dignity. Yeah. It's a, yeah. And well, well it, and it's deeper. It's, it, to me, it's kind of deeper than that because now you, you – it goes back to what we just having a discussion about um, at the meeting the other day. And I, I really – couldn't understand the pipeline uh, uh, thing. Like, I, I hear it, I, but 
when someone articulated it to me and I was like, damn. And that's kind of like part of that. The right pipeline, there. With, which school to prison? Uh, oh, school to prison pipeline. That and, pipeline. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah and yeah. Um, because we was talking, uh, we was talking, and I was saying how identical the uh, the menu is to the prison system, to the public schools, and also the structure of the public schools, how identical that is to the structure of the prisons and stuff. And so, um, like even with the rules and the discipline, every all that, it's like. It's, it's really not too much difference, and that's kind of like a little disturbing. <laughs> and, and so now when I when I sit and think of, but what I was talking about as far as the with um the the holding back the ceremonies and stuff and everything like that, it it, it creates it creates something in the individual because they're they're coming of age and it creates it creates it it creates that that um that that separation of yeah. classism. Yes. And then it, it, it then this this may motivate you to do not always a positive thing. This might contribute to us taking a left and doing something us that is not favorable in the, in our communities. But yet we live in a capitalist society that actually is it's brewing that right there. It, it's actually telling you that if you ain't got this type of thing, you ain't gonna be you ain't gonna be able to get that. And that's the public school system problem anyway. But we can talk about that for days and days. and That's the public school problem anyway. It should be a level playing field across the board, all the way from Maine to Albuquerque. You know, it should be a level playing field. It's public school system. It's socialism. But anyway, I guess. <laughs> Buddy, you, you know you're, you're, in, a, you're in a friendly place. Here. <laughs> not, but, um, but if you do break it down and you break the idea of socialism down, like public school system, health care, and... Social Security, you know, they all have a little play in everything, you know, and stuff. So, but um, anyway, I think I think that WFP with WFP and being an organizer, having the um the privilege to uh, community engagement and outreach is something that um I enjoy because I get to get out there with the people I grew up with, with the people I looked up to, with the people who are now sitting back and trying to enjoy the fruits of their labor for 30, 40 years and stuff. So I get to come and try to, you know, get them to engage in something for those who may be coming after and stuff. So that that's exciting in itself. And we they with WFP they allow me to be innovative. And the the best thing about it is when you rap into somebody about it, working families party, when if you're rapping to this the average Joe in the hood, they they are taken aback at the core values of working families party. Because it, it's just it's just that simple. It isn't overly complicated. You know what I mean? It's just it's just listen, we're trying we wanna pass bills, try to help pass bills that may be beneficial to those who hard work in this diversity, because everybody's poor. You know what I mean? Everybody is suffering from inflation. Every, You know what I mean? So we try to uh, really get people galvanized and get behind some things that are actually tangible and that you can see. You know what I mean? And that's how, like, the uh, the free lunch. Like, yeah, so it, that affects your pockets right now. So is that happening? Is that active? <clears throat> that's active right now? Is yeah. there uh, – is- is that does that happen at the state level? Is that a state level thing that? Is, yeah. Is so that... I want to uh, take a step back because I think we're getting into like two parts of this sort of like three prong approach that Working Families Party has. Um, so we've talked a bit. I think we've had at least a couple episodes where I've kind of gone over some of the basics. So people, I think, generally have an idea of what Working Families Party is. You know, we call it, you know non delusional third party. We operate um, sometimes as a third party, sometimes within the Democratic Party, but basically. Um, our, our goal overall is to build governing power. And what we mean by that, uh, and governing power specifically for the multiracial working class, and by that we mean, you know, we don't just want to win one election, pass one bill, um, or just, like, get someone elected and leave them alone, but basically we want to empower these groups of people that Hassanis are talking, Hassanis talking about, just, like, people up and down the state who are just not really truly being represented, who ha- are struggling with inflation, with... Um, environmental injustice with all these you know police violence all this other stuff and we go about that in basically three ways so first is candidates and campaigns so that is the stuff that we've probably talked about most in the past which is like 
that we want to find people who are actually already like aligned, ideally, and then people who are rooted in their communities, and we want to help them run these campaigns to get elected. So that's people like Medina. That's people like Marie. That's people like Shanae. That's people like Sophie Phillips. Like we have a whole bunch of different people that we've helped that, you know, often replace people who did not really look like or um, did not necessarily represent their district and replace them with people who do. Um, so that's obviously a really big part, and you can't really do a lot of this other stuff until you get those people in there. But, you know, that is not the end-all, be-all of governing power. It's not just to get people elected. So then we go to legislation and government, and that is what now Cheyenne Miller is working on. We've had her in, obviously, several times. Um, and actually, it's going to be happening later today, and maybe we should have her on to talk about it later because uh, she couldn't make it in today because she's super busy with this thing coming up tonight is that we're launching these um, issue campaigns on uh, free school lunch is one of the the key ones, uh, earned sick time. So that is we pass paid sam, uh, family medical leave, but when it comes to actually having individual sick days, not everybody has that. So that's a bill that Eric Morrison's working on. And then we don't have a specific bill yet, but what we also want to do is like identify, uh, find ways to reduce rent increases. Because that uh, Delaware has avoided some of the worst of what we've seen in cities like philadelphia or dc or new york city but rent is still going up in a lot of places especially in wilmington and then also you're seeing a huge spike down in like kent and sussex which has led to this increase of homelessness so we're one of the things that we're working on there is like launching these issue campaigns that engage people get more people involved and then get them into the legislature to make those demands heard and then working with our existing group of legislators that we've started to work with to make sure that they're all aligned and pursuing sort of a similar strategy of like uh, you know, changing the system while operating within it, essentially, of like, obviously, we can't just go in there and blow everything up immediately, but we have to also push back against the the ways that things have been done that have led to very little actually being accomplished. Uh, and then the last thing is Hassani's job, which is the community engagement and outreach, which is all these things, whether it's electing new candidates, whether it's pushing for these issues, whether it's just generally achieving like this broader sense of governing power, you can't do it with just like, Having a small group of people is a great start, but you can't do it with just that, especially when that group is not really representative of what we, you know, what we talk about as a multiracial working class. Um, and you have like a lot of progressive organizations historically. WFP has sometimes done this, but I think we're a bit better of than others, which is like you have either like a bunch of 20 year olds or a bunch of 60 year olds and very little in between. And those also all tend to be like white college educated, like very passionate, very good on the issues, like very well-meaning people i've been one of these people um me i am too, one of sort people. of yeah me too sort um, of yeah yeah um the white guy anyway yeah um and so like you know that's great and like i think those that's a group of people i mean for my own self-preservation i think it's a group of people that's important to have in the movement but you can't just have a movement for true governing power for true representation of the multiracial working class with just those people and so what hasani's doing and like what we're all kind of doing in our own way is like doing more to reach out to like the individuals on the ground. So I know you've been doing a lot of work in Wilmington, Route 9 corridor. You're going down to like Sussex, uh, Kent County, like all over the state. Um, and then it's also connecting, something that we're all doing in our work is like connecting with organizations, whether it be like really small organizations, like you've connected with some that like I had never heard of before, all the way up to like, you know, big unions or other progressive groups that like have sometimes those resources or those people who are able to get activated. So a lot of the work we do is individual, and then a lot of the work we do is institutional as well. Yeah, what? So you you made it? You made a Sussex trip too. You going down there? You're going uh, yeah. All the way. All yeah, the way. down Sussex. Oh, cool. So you. There's you, a Hassani down Sussex. Uh, nice. <laughs> I love it. I, I'm good. Usually, I'm worried about there being another. Like, I'm a little worried about there being another Matt Meyer, but I'm not worried about there being another. <laughs> Actually, Sussex. I met Matt Meyer down Sussex. Oh, nice. Yeah, I'm speaking before the uh, Progressive Democrats. Yeah. Of Sussex County, which happens to be that sixty plus, which you oh, just yeah. talking about. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I can <laughs> tell you, I, that, is just, I, that is just the beaches. Like that's yeah. that is a truly representative group. Well, yeah. th this is this but is true. Cool. Of... They they are cool though. I like I like them. Shout out to the Elaine. <laughs> <laughs> no, and 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 a lot of these groups are 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 good, but the but the because they're more or less homogeneous. Um. They can, they can only work within a certain they're only in a certain lane, and that's why I'm excited about this approach where even if you have to go to the individual or a small group, big groups too, but individual and small groups, um, 
in, in, outside of that sort of, you know, I always make fun of the uh, in, indivisible groups because that's the same sort of, you know, same yeah. sort of thing. Very nice people. Well, Great not people. all, but many, but most, most of, them of them are very nice. Right. Yes. But yeah. yeah, but like, there's no <clears throat> to to accomplish the things that we're setting out to accomplish, or at least get the ship turned in the right direction. People are going to have to be engaged and activated, I think was the word you used, which is a great word, um, that aren't active right now. And what I think some of, I think one of the flaws of those type of organizations is they don't understand why those people aren't active or why those communities aren't active, why those neighborhoods aren't active. They don't really get it. So it all comes down to like, well, you, you, do, you, do you not know? Do you not this? Do you not that? It's actually not that at all. And you've probably had dozens of conversations in the last couple of months about why. I mean, what, what when somebody when when you when you approach somebody who really doesn't have any involvement or knowledge about this kind of stuff, and you're like, "Hey, working families party," what what kind of pushback do you usually get? What what do people generally kind well, of what, what, what what's their first reaction when depends, you approach them? It depends on the demographic that you. It definitely depends on the population that you're going to, um, because a lot of people just have valid distrust in the government so they don't want to they're not receptive to anything you got to say when it when whenever we when it's about the government like so you it's hard it's hard because you look at this person and you kind of like looking at yourself and you understand the issues that are that are real that 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 really like impacts them and you you know that what you're talking about is able to help. But, you know, they're set into that, that motion validly. They set into that mind frame. Like, and so what, what happens is one of the things like uh, me and Carl was talking about is the issues that are relatable right to their face at the moment. So if you was to go to an area um, like I wouldn't carry free lunch to certain regions, you know, because that's not a problem for them. I'm not saying that free lunch isn't a you know problem, but that's not a problem. So we want to bring relatability, and that's how we can kind of crack the doors open. And also, when you talk about staying in the lane, like when people look look at people and say, "Why are they not involved in that?" Well, you know, when I was able to go speak in front of the Progressive Democrats of Sussex County, I was very transparent. And before I left, you, I, if I probably asked for a million dollars, I probably would have got it. You know what I mean? I was invited into households and, that, and everything, man. And it was warm and it was real. You know what I mean? I don't know if, I don't know if Matt remembers, but he said that. I got, nah, wrong. But anyway, <laughs> nah, because if I, I say it. that, they're going to hold his feet to the fire. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But, I, but he was there and, um, in the atmosphere. And it was, I think that you got to marry the two. You got to introduce the two. And so you may have to bring this to the to that. You may have to be that 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 you're the connection. Yeah, you may have to be that. And and you will be surprised at how genuine people are on both ends and stuff. So like I think that is that is the key. And that's the thing about having small organizations. You know what I mean? Because they're in small organizations, they're they're they tend to be on one versus big organization. It'd be like everybody's everywhere and stuff. So they tend to be on one. And so when you bring that to, bring that to that, you probably can see some things. Because I'm pretty sure I can. We could talk to them about that uh, free lunch, and they would and they would be like, yeah, because they call me every single week about a uh, uh, probation reform. Every single week they call me and getting updates. I was like, I don't, you know, I mean, I don't like that's not that was with ACL, you know, that was with them. That was like, but um, they call me every single week. But I, I'm I'm glad that they do because it gets me re 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 emerging to that issue though too. For me personally, like how I am. You're just a, you're a trusted contact on yeah. things like this, so they can say you know who to who yeah. to send them to. Even you know, the ACLU sort of working on that. We know people. We, we'll hook you up with Vonda Smack. We can do that. Um, but 
you really have to. I I I I just I've been trying to do it in a, in a small way, both with media, and now sort of with community outreach. That's some part of my my new gig, and um, yeah, that's sort of exactly what it is. It's like it's just it's just connecting those two things. What you said earlier was good too, because I think you do need to have some understanding and a way to articulate um, sort of the idea. And that the idea is different than what we're currently doing. You know, I I, I, I had a couple conversations canvassing one time um, up on North Market Street, and people, like you said, will, will not be, uh, not really be up for it, which makes which is completely legitimate. Number one, and number two, when they explain sort of why they've disengaged, it's 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 because they've never seen anything that relates to their struggle, to their issues, to their life, to their neighborhood, anything. And so when when somebody says that it's it's not it's an active political choice to disengage, it's not you know it, it it's not I don't know anything or I, I'm you know I'm lazy or I don't understand. It's an active, uh, legitimate choice to say you know what this, this isn't for me, and conversations like this are actually a way to sort of show people yeah actually we we understand that and we're trying to do something different. Our goals are different. You know, our goals are, let's be honest, they're more socialistic. They're, they're, they're more egalitarian. Um, and so, you know, there, there's, there's, a, there's a way in to let people know that we're, we're not trying to do the same, the same stuff. We don't expect, you know, we don't expect anything from you. I don't expect somebody to vote. I actually don't. I, uh, but, but if you can come out to a, you know, if you can come out to a police oversight board with 20 people and show people you care about something or you know, come out to a, a town hall about free school lunches. That's that's more. It's far more important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 this is this is life. Like like I I don't I don't think people take put the urgency to it like it should be. And the urgency and the reason why I say this is like I can't just get up and go somewhere else. Like I can't I I can't I'm I'm in United States of America. Hey, like I can't go nowhere else. Like, so, like, instead of me just sitting there, I'm like, ah, oh, here we go. Like, let me get in there and rumble a little bit. Let me yeah. see, let me, let me see what I can shake it up a little bit and stuff. Like, why not? Like, and that's, that's just that simple. Like, for a long time, it had I not went down, I didn't even know that we had beaches in Delaware. I didn't. I, you know what I mean? I knew, uh, I knew Lump's Pine. Like, but so, when I went down there, man, I was taken aback. Like I was like, "Damn!" Like and and one thing about it, I was on the, uh, I was on, what's, what is it? The west, the uh, the east side of Sussex County, beach side. Yeah, and um, so the population is very different, but there's small pockets of struggle, man. I mean, like yo, like it. Like and this is before they re, this is before they paved the road in West Verhoeven. This was before they even gave a road to Pine Town. Like I, and you looking like damn. This is how we living in Delaware. And that's not no knock to my peoples down there and everything like that. It's just that I I I know I was there and I know the struggles and I can understand the struggles and I, and I want to be able to give everybody a fair shape like everything should be argued on a level that is the same for everything because that's a sense of urgency for them and it may and something else may be a sense of urgency for another population of people and i and i think that when you marry when you bring two people two organizations together like that that's the common ground you know that's the that's the common ground right there so like it it's just we just have to be very innovative on things that we do. We can't keep doing the things that we did in the past and think that we're gonna get better results. You know, just continue doing the same thing. No, that's you know, that's the definition of insanity. So we just a bunch of crazy people. Like, but we we, we really gotta bring some new and that's why we gotta galvanize the people and talk to them. Yeah, I, I love that. And that's because that's a big part of bunker mindset. We haven't talked about bunker mindset, 
Bailey, but that's a that's a big that's a big bunker mindset. It's like we're here. We can't really go anywhere else, like you said, huh? USA, USA. Um, and if you have uh, you know a moral basis and you believe things uh, can be better, then why not just get in there and scrap? You know, it, 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 people, and, and this is one of the reasons a lot of in, in a lot of activist and organizer communities, people talk about burnout. People talk about getting tired because it, it's not easy, and, and it's all, it's not it's going to fail most of the time. But um, you kind of have to get something out of the uh, out of the scrap. You kind of you make connections. Um, you get little. You get small wins. You convince people that there's a different way to do something. And and you mentor. Yes. You mentor. Like you know, I know Carl is eighteen, and I'm forty plus. You know, but he I like is, how we're just I like but, how we're just estimating here. And, and, we're just but, we're ballparking. But he is my mentor. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like I have learned a lot from, and of course I am, you know, boss lady and stuff. So I I, I learned a lot from them and everything. And you know, because I I don't drop the ball plenty of times and everything. But you know, they encouraged me to pick it back up and and keep keep it moving and stuff. And I and I think that's important. The 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 wrap your arm around somebody else and get them engaged as well. And because that that's the burnout part, you know, you may fall off and ain't nobody to feel, jump in there. It's nobody else to jump in there. So like like for instance, um, I had did a um, the lady had came, and she she asked me to get a couple people, and she she I did a um, a little video about prison, about particularly the shoe, shoe program. And it was funny because it kind of like galvanized off of this, but the first, the very first one, and stuff where I was, was kind of just freestyling, and and um, but a lot of people come up to me and say that, man, we didn't know it go down like that inside of the joint. So like that's the thing, even with the complexity of the government, once you explain it to somebody and see, like damn man, we didn't know. When you take them down legislative hall and you show them how people give public comment and how people may move the room. And so like we had a lady down there was struggling. She had been there all day for like two, three days. Crying because she 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 was ready to lose her home. Like when you get to see something like this and then you just see the legislature still walking around. Like like this lady ain't sitting here crying. Like you're not like what so like it 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 gets something in you going. And the same way with, you know, giving the, the understanding of what really goes behind them, goes down behind the walls. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that has motivated me in the last four years or so when I started, I shouldn't even say I started going, I, I've been to Legislative Hall now, you know, a handful of times. I had never been before, before maybe like four years ago. It's an awful place. It makes you feel bad. Um the people in there are, are it's not nice. It's not a nice place. Yeah, go in the basement to eat. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever been to the press rooms? The press rooms are not in the basement. It's in the corner of the basement. You have to go way over the there. The seats hurt. Yeah. yeah. I think I've said it before, but I, I do truly think that if people, if like every voter just was able to like download in their head like a full knowledge of what goes on legislative hall, nobody would get reelected. No. No, they wouldn't. They shouldn't, really. Plantation, I, I mean, plantation owners, <laughs> porches on the wall. <laughs> like, like you like whoa. So, yeah. <laughs> it's like busts of like the most racist people in Delaware history. It's like oh okay yeah yeah big cool. big oil paintings. Well, like, why is this right by the chamber? <laughs> yeah, thirty thousand dollar oil paintings of probably the most racist person of the twentieth century. Um, yeah, I mean because they that's and that's the thing and this is something we to kind of go back to what. Carl was talking about sort of the pillars or the, the, the three legs of the stool that need to kind of come together um, for Working Families Party is the, the sort of the campaign and the political one. And yeah, I mean, some of that's been very, um, been very successful, but the success hasn't necessarily been real productive. And so that's a thing that we were all, we're talking about too, of trying to marry like this idea that yeah, we can we can get you motivated to run, and we have the apparatus to help you do that, and actually help you win. But then once you get to that place, the 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 god, the, you know, the, the the house, the main house. Once you get there, they tell you what you're gonna do, and and people like being in the main house. They love it 
because it's nice. It's marble. The main and, house. And, and you know, I mean, look, maybe I was a little out of line saying that. I, was I out of line saying that? I don't know. No, you wasn't. Okay. Like, that's why I repeated it, the main house. <laughs> so, like, I mean, look, they get there and they're like, wow, this is really cool. I got a little desk. I got my name plate. People got to ask me what they're doing. Like, I got, I'm wheel. Even if you're the biggest goofball in Delaware, and there's plenty of just, just absolute fucking goofy guys down there. Even if you're that, you still feel like, like, I'll use this guy because he probably won't hear this. And even if he does, it'll still be funny. This guy, Eric Buxton. He, 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 Buxton. Beat, Buxton is his name. He beat, they used to be this guy, Colin Benini. From like the Dover area, yeah, he was a doofus, but yeah. he was he was a nice enough fella. Um, he was like your run of the mill sort of reactionary conservative, but there were some things you could work with him on. Yeah, he was more not libertarian on some stuff, he but went, like weirdly, more... when it came to actually voting on Leobor in prison reform, he did. So he would say like, <laughs> "Oh, I don't want to pay like fines." Well, this is the guy we've talked about because he was the one who's like, "Oh, I have." The most unsafe log cabin that I live yeah, in. He's like, and I don't. If it was want... for the government, they would shut it down. Yeah, if it was for, if the government came and saw how my house was wired, yeah. didn't, like, he, didn't would... he want to make another run at something else? I'm like, sure he does. Yeah, yeah, he's running for like register of wills now. Or something. Yeah, like because yeah. we followed him a lot when he was in the joint. Because <laughs> he, he, yeah, he's a funny cat. Man. Yeah, but he got beat by a guy who's crazier than him. This guy Eric Buxton. Who was like a teacher and a wrestling coach at Dover or in, in Kent? Somewhere. Yeah, we, well, we know thing about high school wrestling coaches that run for Republican office is they always have spotless records. We got a Jim Jordan. I mean, look, I'm not going to accuse this guy of covering up, you know, shit. I, I don't know. I won't accuse him of covering anything up. He's just a goof for anybody else. No, just not at a, all. This is not. If you if you think we're doing that, you're wrong. Yeah. You're just wrong. If you think that we're accusing him of. Having other people do things and him covering up, that is not what we are implying at all. Absolutely not. If you think that, you shouldn't even be listening. You can't. You don't know what we're doing here. Yeah, if there's anything else that's happening that maybe he had more direct involvement, we're not implying that either. No, not at all. I mean, you, I look it up. We're, you, we don't do that. You know what you, you was getting at was something we had talked about with the officers. It's, 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 it's something that everybody does, especially those who have problems coming up. They get drunken with power. Any type of status, they get wrapped up in it. And they forget the objective. And that's and that's that's what legislators do, that's what COs do, that's what police do. You know what I mean? Like any type of thing that gives you the ability to tell me that, it you gotta be mindful of that. You gotta be aware of that. That's what they, they get drunk with it, man. They all of a sudden they can beat you now. Yeah, what they do too is they they put on a they 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 are able to convince. There are people that they can convince, like that you know, I'll I'll, uh, I'll do your bill, you know, I'll put a line in something to help you out, or and it, you know even if it doesn't get passed, you know, I, I worked with you on getting this line in there, and then other people think, oh well, they're they're working with me. That's all fake. I I, I cannot tell you. Even now, the more I'm involved in it. And the more people that I'm working with that are directly sort of working with um, different legislators on different issues, Senate, House, I'm not even talking about anybody specifically. If you think I'm talking about you, I probably am. But I'm not talking about anybody specifically. Talking about you. <laughs> talking about you. Um, they Once they convince a few people that they're good, you can't even – people will be like, what do you mean? This person takes my phone calls or you know, they, they, they help me you know, do this or that. You know what? What have you done for me lately? Let's see when the rubber hits the road. Let's see where it goes, because they're really not doing anything. They're um, because of the kind of person that it takes to be a politician, to be an elected official, and run like campaigns. Um, it takes a particular kind of person, and that person can sort of know how to deal with their ego. You know, and know that, okay, I, I have to be sort of an ambitious uh, person. I have to be a little bit egotistical because you're asking people to vote for you. That's fine. I get that. But a lot of people don't know how to, how to, how to internalize that and, and, and have it in themselves. And they become, they, they become big babies. Well, well it, the, the, thing, the thing here, right, is that I just said about the lady uh, was crying. And, and uh, this was... Uh, this is SB um, one one SB um, 
Was it SB one, right? SB one oh one. Some house. Rent, the, uh, rent the, yeah, uh, renters' rights. Renters' rights. Uh, that was SB. It was one oh one. Now then, it was one in twenty. Okay. So yeah, the one and, that passed is SB one. Okay. So so that that was the issue, and so this lady is crying, and you got the person who, you know, runs is running it at the time, and then you have other people, and and the atmosphere is just so, like so chummy and fake. Uh, and 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 it's like it's not being taken serious. She's talking about losing her security in life, her home. She's sitting here crying, and and y'all just it's not for you. Like it, it, it to me that you're not respecting the position that the people put you in, and you're not taking it. Just like I didn't the other day the comp. When we when we were talking and it was like I said something about legislators don't even know what bills they are the sponsors, even the primary sponsors they and so someone explained to me about their staffers and blah 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 knowing I and to me when I walked away when I got in my car I, I thought I was a carriage way out. For real, because if 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 I'm a manager of a store and I have employees, I am responsible for what they do. So I need to know what they do. And I need to know the tasks that I give them because I'm giving them the details of the tasks. So you don't get to get that 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 pass. I don't care if you got 102 bills. You better know about 102 bills. Do the job. Buckle down. Do the job. Because if I'm if I'm working in a warehouse and the conveyor belt is going down, they don't. I can't keep stopping that conveyor belt. I better keep that joint rolling. It's a pro I remember the first time. I mean, and, and it was always something I knew. So it wasn't like a big shock to me. But when staffers tell you, like, yeah, like, if if their name's not on it, and sometimes even if their name's on it, they don't know. But if their name's not on it, they certainly don't know. If it's not in their wheelhouse, if it's not, like, their pet project, their pet project might be education. Or their pet project might be, I don't know, uh criminal justice or their pet project might be the environment or whatever. Um, they don't, they don't know anything outside that. I mean, these are not, we're not sending our best. We'll just put it that the people that go to Dover to represent, uh, Delaware constituencies in the house and the Senate, and frankly, in the governor's mansion, uh, they're not, they're, they're not our best and brightest. We'll just put it that way. And, and, um, we allow that to perpetuate, because the unfortunately, I think the kind of person who gets most of the time, the kind of person that gets elected to these uh, positions are not, you know, if you're smart, you don't want to do it. Right. <laughs> you exactly. You're just like, I'm not doing this. This place stinks. You know, if, if you're if, if you're, uh, you know, if, if you have some uh, intellectual acumen, uh, you know, and I know some I know some actually fairly smart representatives and, and senators, and they're the ones that hate their job the most. Because they're trying to do the thing you're saying, but when you're working with 100 people in the House and the Senate or whatever it is, 75, 62, 62 uh, when you're working with 61 other people, whether you know your 102 bills or not, whether you have some empathy and, and you have, have internalized the reason that you're there and what the purpose that you're there to fill is, whether you've realized that or not, if the other 61 people are out to lunch, it's a, it's a it's a it's a real uh, it's a real heavy burden to carry for you know the handful of people who you know are trying to do the things are trying to remember and personify the reason that they decided to do this in the first place. But there's yeah. not, it's not enough. Well, that gets into that that idea of like existing in the system and trying to change it because you know it's it's more than one person we have down there now who's like that's true, very good handful. Um, I say handful. <laughs> and but like they're not a majority Just very vague they're not a majority of the state house the state senate they're not a majority of the democratic caucus in either one but like you know we have if we want to do something like pass free school lunch eventually we are going to need 21 or 28 or however many it is going to be votes and so that's where it gets into this weird tricky thing of governing power which is how do we get people down there that can do things how do we exert outside pressure that can make sure that those people who aren't aligned get in line, which is that's a big part of what happened with, for example, $15 minimum wage, which I think is still the biggest thing that has happened in the last four years, essentially. Uh, and that happened in no small part because 
Marie Pinckney defeated Dave McBride, and he was holding stuff up in the Senate. Suddenly, everything flips. The Senate passes through immediately, and the House eventually is able to get pushed into supporting it almost universally, at least among Democrats, because there was a threat of primaries, because a lot of their coworkers had just gotten primaries. So it's different for each issue, because that, for example, had, I think, a fairly strong, I don't agree with them on a lot of stuff, but Jack Walsh was a very strong advocate for that bill, and then even Gerald Brady, rest in peace, um, was rest in power. Rest in, yeah, he's still around. He's, he's just, still around. He almost he almost had me rested in power a couple weeks yeah. ago. Yeah, he's. Um, I hope he's doing well. But uh, you know, he he did and had that institutional support in the House as well. Plus, you know, the the part that we put into it. So every situation is different. Like the effort to pass free school lunch, earn sick time. That's going to be different than previous efforts. And so it's like this weird situation where we have to play footsie with the establishment to a certain extent because we need their votes. But then also the goal of this whole thing is to make sure that they are not the establishment anymore. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, that, and that's the thing. I don't yeah. – I'm always the one going back to sort of something Hassani said earlier about like mixing it up, getting into scrap. Like that – it seems to me that the one of the only strategies, if not the only, now, and you might be able to to kind of roll with it, but this this footsie game, the strategic game of trying to get these people on board, usually comes to and part of me, but it usually comes to somehow you know sucking them off in some fashion, or 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 doing something so they are 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 soothed, like taking a baby taking a baby to your chest and just holding it, like that. It's it's like treating them like a little kid. That's like giving it, them yeah. candy, letting them play for an hour, taking this line item out um, so that their little, you know, their their friend on some interest group, some lobbyist is happy. So you took this bullet point out. Um, you know, it's always concessions. It's always ass kissing. It's always dick sucking and patting on the back. Like you said, when, when you explained the people, when the woman was crying on the bench, the people around him just yucking it up, um, you said oh, chummy and fake. That's what you said, chummy and fake. And and I my push is to try to come up with some other strategies other than treating them like a like a like a like eleven year old having a temper tantrum. Yeah. It, it I mean, like even even you know, we put humor to it though, but if you picture that like this imagine that whole scene, you and you and legislative hall in the chamber. Like and you're you're voting on something that is gonna impact essentially people's lives. Like literally impact their lives. And you just like, ah, oh you got a French fry hanging out your what the like and you and you just see somebody just give this lady a box of tissue and she just explained like and it's in my mind like, man, like damn. Like this is this is our best, this is what we pit to you you feel me like it, it it it's an insult, and you know for for you know the red white blue it's a it's a it's like a disrespect. Yes, like, I completely you know, I completely agree. I've never I don't think I maybe I have I don't, I don't know if I've ever articulated just like that. I exa- I agree. The reason I act like this in here sometimes is because I feel insulted. I feel like we send. Uh, people there who are who are interested in being coddled and babied and making sure everybody's nice to them and you know doing everything we can to make it to e- as easy as possible. Just shake that shit up, man. And, and 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 it's not that's not how it works. And I find it I find it insulting. Yeah. Well, that's why you know we talk about the carrot, which is you know rubbing them their belly and calling them a good boy, um, which you sometimes in an individual you know these are two year sessions um, and you don't get a, a shot at getting rid of anybody till the end of those two years. But then you got the stick, and the stick is one those issue campaigns. Like during fifteen dollar minimum wage, we had seven hundred postcards signed in uh, Bill Carson's district, and suddenly he went from being a no to being a yes. Uh, but then also, it is every two years you are up for re-election. Uh, if you are like Larry Mitchell and you're part of the cop cabal, you're going to get a primary and you're going to get beat. If you are, uh, say Bill Bush or Val Longhurst or maybe other people who are going to be getting challenges very soon, like. Uh, you are, you know, things are going to happen. And that's why I think this is all very important because you have to do all those different things. And it's specifically why what Hassani is doing is very important because you can't get those postcards signed. You can't recruit candidates. You can't support those candidates. You can't win without people. And you got to get those people who are actually affected, the people who are being insulted by this action that is being taken 
by these legislators, and you got to get them active. You got to get them uh, going out and doing these things. So, and that is why you know the work that Asani is doing that we've been talking about is that is fundamentally you get those people who are that core, the multiracial working class, the people who are being hurt by this system, and you get them in the driver's seat. I, I want I want to give, give you an example real quick, right? When um a Muslim. And when we was in the, when we was in the box when we was down, like the E man, he used to always tell us he used to, and we was afraid of this man. It's probably like this probably like fifteen years ago, right? We was afraid of this. He used to always tell us that we we should be able to step to the minbar, minbar for to understand it's kind of like a um like uh where where your pastor goes uh the podium basically, yeah. like we step to the minbar. And and you give the cookball, cookball is a sermon. And and you have to memorize certain things because there's an opening to this cookball. And so, but how he explained it to us, he said, I'm not always going to be here, next man up. And so this is how we have to look at being like, you know, trying to get something done. Because if you go in there as a, like a little, little chump and don't do nothing because you worrying about that two years. I right, they knock you off the two years. We got 10, 20 cats that's ready right now next with the same up. mindset to go in there and, and shake it. Next and that's up. how we got to go. I love it. That's why you got to get out there and let the people know what's going on and get them right and get them educated on it, get them prepared and next man up. Let's go. Next man up. And, yeah, and I, I can tell you, I mean, even, even Carl can tell you, I, like, <clears throat> The, the way that some of these politicians—I would say most of them—but but, but um, a lot of them take even a the suggestion that they're going to be primaried as a huge—they do take it as a huge insult. It is a stick for them. Um, but I think that's the only one is the threat of primary or a primary. But I'm but I am glad that um, the threat is real. I mean, if people haven't picked up on that yet, the, the threat is extremely real. As as Carl has just said, we can go down the laundry list. The, the the thing is to continue to do to to continue to do that and even do that with people we helped four years ago. Yeah. We just need the next man up. Man, it's no way. It's no way that you got a record that that supports you being in office ten years. I, it's no way that you did anything because we still struggling. The te- the first year you came in and now the ten. There's no way. So I, I listen, man. Next man up. Let's go. And they and they ready. And that's the and that's important. That's why you got to get out there and engage the people, and, and talk to the people, and sit down, sit down, because they got a lot to tell you too. And you'd be surprised what you can walk away with. Yeah. Well, before we before we end, um, what is there anything people can do to get involved in this free school lunch? Is is has a has a bill been filed? Is a bill in draft? Who are the primaries? What can people yep. do? All that stuff. So for free school lunch specifically, uh, Ray Moore down in Middletown filed the bill last year uh, and is hoping to push for it this year. Uh, it is the best way to get involved right now, and this is for free school lunch. This is also for earn sick time. This is for uh, reducing the rents. Is We are having a meeting on March 6th. So this is actually a part of the... Network Delaware All Issues campaign. So it's the first Wednesday of every month. I believe it's 6.30. It's on Zoom. We'll put a link in the bio. Uh, we actually will have already had our issue campaign launch later today, the day that we're recording. So unfortunately, people can't make it to that, but there's still plenty of ways to get involved. And I'll make sure to put all that information in the show notes. And also, if you guys feel like you want to get out there and do some some work, get engaged, what we was talking about right here and be that next person up or just be that person that's just contribute in any way possible that you can, can. you can always contact me. Uh, my number, for some reason, my number is crossed up with painting with a twist. So a lot, I got a lot of strange people calling me. Like, oh, can I get a, uh... <laughs> they be like, is this painting with a twist? Sometimes I'd be like, yeah, what's the twist? <laughs> <laughs> but, but, Nah, nah, I'm just joking. But uh, please reach out to me, Hassani Perkins. You you can reach out to me at H Perkins. 
that work, yeah, yeah, dot dot working families party. Well, it's probably on the no, working no, families at, website at workingfamiliespparty.org. Yeah, at working families. Yeah, well, or you could reach me straight through the rec- my regular email, Perkins Hassani at Gmail, phone number three zero two six six zero one eight nine seven. Facebook, Instagram. <laughs> Cloud creations on Instagram. Guys <laughs> all over the place. <laughs> nah, but seriously though, it's a, it's an act of urgency, man. And um, reach out to me, and I would like to see you know you you on the front lines. So to close out tonight, I'm going to uh, sort of bookend what we were talking about uh, at the cold open. Um, there was a uh, a pretty well any self self immolation is um, it's the most extreme act of protest you can do. Um, but obviously, it's uh, it's being uh, debated now again. Um, you know, going on a suicide mission uh, for a cause is uh, is very confusing to uh, a lot of people. Um, so I just wanted to read this passage. Uh, the historian uh, James McPherson wrote a review of a book in nineteen ninety five called Cloud Splitter. I th- we've probably talked about it before. It's an excellent novel historical novel about the life of john brown it's not uh accurate in every detail uh but the point of it is is to sort of give a give a deeper look into motivations and what they really mean what it really means to feel something and act upon it and so i just want to read a brief um a brief note from mcpherson's essay in the atlantic uh that was called a fictional portrait of john brown and and there's a, and there's a, a passage from Cloud Splitter. Um, Russell Banks uh, is the late author who has written many great novels. Um, the Lost Memory of Skin is in my in my home library, so I I, I recommend Cloud Splitter and any uh, any Russell Banks. But anyway, this is from McPherson's piece. Many people then and later believe that John Brown was insane. This novel, however, conveys the message that Brown was insane only if slavery and white supremacy were sane. As Owen expresses it, Owen is John Brown's son who acts as the narrator of this novel. His father had a capacity singular among white men to see the world from the black man's point of view. From the perspective, from that perspective, the insane became sane and vice versa. And this is the quote from the book. And this would be Um, the narrator Owen speaking about his father. Something deep within him, within his soul, regardless of his own skin color, went out to the souls of American Negroes so that he was able to ally himself with them in their struggle against slavery and American racialism, not merely because he believed they were in the right, but because he believed that somehow he himself was one of them. Father's progression from activist to martyr, his slow march to willed disaster, can be viewed not as a descent into madness, but as a reasonable progression, especially if one consider the political strength of those who in those days meant to keep chattel slavery the law of the land. Due to our obsession, we were, as it were, insane, which to the Negroes and Lyman made us perfectly comprehensible and trustworthy. Insane. Keep it up, everybody. Left is best. <laughs>